0: Hi, welcome to the Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. This podcast is to inspire, support, and build community for mothers raising children with autism. I'm Bridget Shipman, the host and creator of the Mother's Guide Through Autism. This podcast has been inspired by my son Joseph, who has been living with autism for the past 27 years. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode of A Mother's Guide Through Autism, I recommend that you go back and listen to it. It will offer you background of our beginning and how this podcast came to be. Joseph and I have teamed up to continue the work of hope to anyone who's living with autism. But really, this is especially to moms who are the expert advocates for their children. As Joseph so profoundly said, I have been his guide through his life. Now, Joseph is going to guide us through his own life journey of living with autism. He is now his own expert advocate. Although I'm still a mother guide, I now guide when he asks. In episodes two through four, we began discussing the beginning and understanding that there was something different about Joseph, the diagnosis, and beginning the journey of early intervention. Joseph and I are offering our experience of the journey through autism from the mother's and the child's insights. I tell the story of how and why we did what we did to find answers to give our son a better quality of life. And Joseph offers us his insight of what it was like living with autism and what information he can give mother guides to help not only know what worked, And what didn't, but also offer hope and relief that everything is okay and that it will be okay. Our message is simple. It is hope. In our last episode, Joseph shared with us what his experience was during and after the AIT training. This episode, we'll be discussing the block therapy that we did with Joseph and also the fast-forward therapy that Joseph had During his early intervention therapies. So we're continuing our early intervention and we had discussed and I had mentioned the fast forward therapy when I introduced the auditory integration training. So more information will be given on that, but also the block therapy as I was preparing for this podcast the documentation in this binder that uh, we kept with the journaling and the therapies that we did came up, and we thought this really made a big difference for Joseph. So I wanted to add that to today's podcast and give you that information too. In 1997, we found a neurologist. So this is for the block therapy. And it was really unusual to have a neurologist practicing what would be considered unconventional therapies in mountain home arkansas so we checked him out and his qualifications were great um we just felt like it was worth making an appointment although as those of you out there who live in a small town you know how everybody knows everybody and in our case he did not come highly recommended. He was different, again, unconventional. And so there were a lot of people who said that they didn't care for him. Frankly, he was a little crazy. So I thought, huh. So my husband and I went and we met with him. And although those were those rumors out there, we felt like he really, it was worth a shot. You know, because what we believed was if there was a training out there that was not going to hurt Joseph, why not try it? And we, you know, the wiring or rewiring of the brain was just coming out then. So there wasn't a lot of information about brain therapy, brain injuries and what you could do out there. If you in fact did have a brain injury. So we took Joseph to see him, he evaluated Joseph and gave us his findings, and he believed that Joseph would benefit from what he called block therapy. So we went to his office, and we learned how to monitor, and we saw his progress, prognosis, and also this doctor trained us so that we could reinforce this therapy at home. So We started, as I said earlier, I shared how I kept journals for these therapies. And really, I suppose deep down inside, I knew that if I could prove that any of these therapies helped my son, then maybe this would also help other parents who then could help their children. So something just was speaking to me inside of me, and I felt like I wanted to document it and... Also, it helped prove to me that I was not just imagining Joseph progressing, but in fact, I had my own personal observation data to prove it to us. And, you know, because all these therapies, as you guys know out there, they're not inexpensive. At that time, insurance companies did not cover therapies with the children that were in the autistic spectrum so most everything we did was out of pocket so this type of therapy block therapy with the neurologist was out of pocket once again so we wanted to document and make sure that these therapies were helping our son and quite honestly when you're in that place you'll try anything to help your child like I said before if we knew for sure that it was not hurting Joseph, then we were willing to try it. So the first session, we videotaped Joseph. And you started out with 10-minute sessions. And we would design a simple block pattern. We would start out with three blocks or four blocks. And Joseph would look at the blocks and then we would cover it. You gave him so, so many seconds to look at it and process what he saw. And then you'd cover it up, and then he would try to make the same pattern of block that we did. And he would get three tries to master it. So we videotaped it, and he did really well the first time, as I'd like to go back and read the journal that I wrote for that day. And again, this was documented in a videotape as well. So it's the morning session. It seems to be more difficult to get Joseph excited about playing with blocks. He got six of seven correct, using three blocks for the first and second time. Using four, then five, then six. He got the order right, but didn't have, he didn't get close enough. So then I have a little diagram of what the shape was to make sure that we could again share this with the neurologist. And then we move to February 9th. So the first one was in January, this one is February 9th. And it said, uh, Joseph moved through review much faster. What usually took 15 to 20 minutes took half as long Showed that he understands. And these were this is what we were trying to get him to understand with the language and processing expressive language as well. To understand what front meant, what behind meant, what next to meant, what on top was, and what under was. So place the blocks around the house using this. I directed the questions, he responded, and used the words correctly while following through. So as you can see, you can use any type of patterns, but the blocks were really beneficial um, to help him understand directions and help him process the language that he was going to be using in kindergarten. So, February 13th, here are some of the changes we've seen in Joseph. They are slight to some, but huge to us. His language has become much more expressive. For example, he told Grady to get away from here, which meant he wanted the sofa all to himself. He told his Amma, which is my mother, to go to the kitchen when he didn't want to eat his dinner. He also told the checkout lady at Walmart to give me the flag, please. When she didn't give it to him, he said, hey, give me that flag. This has all been in the last two weeks. These are just a few examples of it. I really need a tape recorder to get it all. It's so rapid, but yet so slight of an improvement. It's so hard to record it all. He has also been answering when I call him, When I say his name from another room, I'll call Joseph and he'll say, what? The inflection in his voice has also improved. When something happens that's funny, he'll laugh and say, gosh. I've also been trying to get him to make up his own stories instead of video talk. I'll start by saying, once upon a time, there was a, and he said, once a elephant. I said, what was his name? He said, George. Where did he live? He said, the zoo. So these are just a few examples of how the block therapy had improved Joseph's language, his inflection, his understanding of speech, so when given directions, he could follow them. And again, as I expressed in the journal, This seems so slight, but it is so huge for you moms out there that your children are not talking or they're echolalic or they're using video talks to try to communicate. Our kids are trying to communicate with us, and this therapy we found beneficial. I'm sure if you get out there and you find brain injury therapies that there'll be something out there for you. You know... I don't know if this doctor was crazy or a quack or whatever. What we know for sure is that we helped our son and his language improved and his understanding of language improved. So in my book, it's worth a shot. So I was so happy that I found that journal and that I have um, this podcast to share that with you. So we did that therapy for a year. Uh, I even did block therapy with Joseph while our newborn son, Jacob, was napping. So we just kept this going on, started increasing the block therapy, and just watching him change. So any change is good. So we continued the block therapy for the next year, and it turned into be fun, and it was like playing games with Joseph We even started hiding shapes and practicing the language that he had increased during the block therapy for that year. I had also mentioned the fast forward therapy. So again, if you guys check into block therapy, neurologist or anybody that's out there that works with brain injured folks, I really highly recommend that. As your child is preparing to go to kindergarten, if their language is weak, we saw great improvement with Joseph with this. And again, it's worth a shot. If it's not going to hurt them and it helps them just ever so slightly, it is worth the time. And again, you can do this at home with your child. So it's not something that will be that expensive. And it really did help rewire Joseph's language and attention span. In the podcast previously, in one of the episodes, I believe it was episode three, I really spoke a lot about auditory integration training and how Joseph's sensory issues were really uh, a struggle for him, especially with the frequency of sound. There were other things, of course, as we talked about, but I had mentioned fast forward, and fast forward, I actually looked this up to see what was going on currently with fast forward. And it is still out there. It is a growing practice. Uh, I looked it up and lots of schools are using this. There are centers around where you can get this therapy for your child. But in our case at that time, we it was pretty new, really. So you're thinking this is 1996, 97 And we're moving through block therapy, always looking, always researching what else is out there to help Joseph. So I read about fast forward, and since Joseph had hyperlexic tendencies, but he had some trouble with the reading comprehension, if it wasn't worded just right, but he could pronounce anything. So we thought, well, fast forward... As you remember from the AIT episode, is a uh, it said both AIT and Fast Forward include exercises kids can do at home with parental supervision. So that's win-win. It is a brain training method designed to help kids process sound so they can understand what other people say. So not only do our kids struggle with expressive language, but they struggle understanding language. So that's something important to think about. And there's little or no evidence that AIT or fast-forward is proven. So these therapies, again, are still inconclusive. But that's why I think it is so important for us to share our story. And I can go back and look at the documentation that we did and it is proven for us that these therapies in fact are not inconclusive that they in fact do help our children so as i looked this up just the other day it uh, gave the definition of fast forward and it said is a family of cognitive training software these are products marketed as a tool for strengthening the learning skills of children There's no evidence that fast-forward is effective in treating children's reading or oral learning challenges. There are a number of scientists, including Michael Mezernik, Bill Jenkins, and they were both from the University of California in San Francisco, Paula Tallahal and Steve Miller. So these were the four main scientists that developed fast-forward, and as a background story... This team started the company in 1996 based on a theory that some children who have language and literacy learning difficulties may have problems rapidly processing sounds, a following theory that cognitive training can improve auditory processing, and the final following theory that this training will generalize to improve learning skills beyond those in the training tasks. So you can look this up. I got this off the internet just the other day. The interesting backstory behind this is is that I had the opportunity to meet one of these four scientists, and um, it was Michael Mezernich, who is a PhD, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, but I have a German background, so I tend to put that spin on it, but I had met Well, you know, you network. So I networked, and where I met him was at Harvard, ironically. So let me back up a little bit. So my husband and I go to the Arkansas Autism Society Conference, and this was held in Little Rock. And we met a really cool guy named Dr. Michael Weiss, and he was a behavioral psychologist who presented at this conference. So we got to know him and he invited us to come to Boston to a conference where he would be presenting. And he also listened to our story of how hard it was for us to find help for Joseph because we lived in a rural area. We had very limited resources as I have shared before and whatever we could find we wanted to share uh, in our area to help not only the kids, the parents, but also the teachers, because, again, very limited resources. So we told him that we heard about this therapy called Fast Forward, but we would have to travel. It was a six-weeks therapy, and we knew that this would really be tough on our family. We not only had Joseph at that time, but we also had Jacob. And this would mean that Jacob and I would have to be gone for six weeks. We might get to see Grady on the weekends. That was uh, my husband, um, their dad. And we just felt like, wow, you know, this is going to be a big challenge. But we wanted this therapy so bad because we felt like this would really help Joseph. So he invited us to Boston, and at that time, My husband's brother and his wife, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were living in Boston and they were attending Harvard at that time. So it was really pretty perfect. So we would go to the conference and we spoke to one of the founders of Fast Forward. And we pleaded our need for ways to help our kids from rural areas. So in November in 1998, we traveled to Boston and I have to tell you, I was really intimidated to speak to not one PhD, but several. And I was introduced, and it was a very small semicircle. And I remember walking up to them, and I was really super nervous. But once I began to, to talk to them, and I realized I was speaking on behalf of Joseph and other children. All at once, I I, just, I was fearless. I had absolutely no fear. I just said what I had to say, and they listened to me, and I said, it's so hard for us. Is there any way you could expand this software where we could do this at home with our kids? And six months later, this therapy um, offered a software that parents could administer at home. So we're. I'm still so thankful to Dr. Weiss for giving us the opportunity to not only help us, but to help our families who didn't have the therapies available to them. So on June 9th, 1999, we began the Fast Forward Therapy with Joseph. So just briefly, um, I want to share this with you. And this was on June 9th, 1999. Uh, this is our third day. Grady, Joseph's dad, started the first session. Joseph really grasped to these games. He seemed to get bored easily. The first game today, he missed simple ones, but he also missed in between. He is playing a new game today. He really likes it. And the journal goes on. And some of the changes that we saw in Joseph from fast forward, his language comprehension increased, his expressive language increased, the thing that was really big because you have to realize Joseph is just about to start second grade was that his attention span seemed to really improve. So, when he first started fast forward, he was it was very hard to keep his attention span if it wasn't, you know, visual enough for him is a good way to say it, if he he was just bored with it. But then he was able to focus. I noticed he would get irritated a lot in some of these games. But as we move through the six weeks, and um, they give you all the data that goes with it, but wow, this really helped Joseph a lot. His auditory processing, again, attention span, his focus, his ability to sit and do something, you know, not always getting up, not struggling to, to stay on task, All these were great signs of improvement. So check it out. Check out Fast Forward. And again, you can do this therapy at home. At that time, the price was about $1,200. I looked it up, and actually the price seems lower now than it did then. So I was really happy to see that. So for those of you that are out there, that are trying different therapies, again, for the auditory integration, processing, focus, and attention span. If your child is moving through school, I highly recommend it. Uh, Also, the reading comprehension will improve. So you can check it out, go to Fast Forward, just Google it, put it in there and you will find tons of information on it. It is still out there, and by the way, it is still considered inconclusive, as I said earlier. But I'm here to tell you that this benefited Joseph a lot. I really hope this information was beneficial to you. We've covered three early intervention therapies. We've covered AIT, Auditory Integration Training, we have covered block therapy, and we have covered fast forward. So those are three of the big ones. And we also added the Will Berger Therapeutic Pressure Brush. And as I had mentioned, we had added that with the auditory integration training. So those are the early intervention trainings that, and therapies that I have shared with you so far. And again, Joseph also will give his perspective of what was going on with him as we took him through these different therapies. I do want to just take a second and say, if your child, if, if you feel like my child is older, will these therapies work? Because I keep referencing early intervention. Uh, what I would say to you, and we're going to cover this in some of the other episodes, that it is never too late And we're going to be dealing with mothers and guilt and some of the emotional side of this. What I'm offering you right now are some tools so you can start getting to work. Do not miss these therapies or delete them because I'm saying early intervention. I want you to know that even if you're an adult living in the autistic spectrum and you've never had these therapies, it is worth a shot. I believe if you have auditory processing issues, if you have some sensory issues that the brushing and that therapy, all these therapies will benefit you. So I often, I think back to Temple Grandin and, you know, she, I saw her when she was in her early forties at one of the autistic conferences that I attended And then I took my son, Joseph, to see her. We were so lucky. She came to Branson, Missouri, and I took a big group out there. I took teachers, uh, friends, other parents, and Joseph. And it was such a great day to listen to her. And one of the things she said that really resonated to me was that, I love getting older because the older I get, the less autistic I am. And that's just how she said it. And that profoundly says that it is not, if you don't find out that you're in the spectrum until later on in life, that you can still do this work, you can still help yourself, and it's it's not a defined timeline. So I just really felt that I really wanted to express it to you guys. You've got this. You've got this. I don't care where you are in it. You've got this. These therapies help all people in all levels, anywhere in the spectrum, no matter what age you are. So just know that. In the next episode, I will be interviewing Joseph again to gain his insight on what these therapies were like for him. We will also start the introduction to public school and some of the ways we partnered with the school and our community to bring tools and awareness to living with autism. We will also be discussing how to deal as our pain pushes, how to network a support group, and how to use tools to relieve the stress as you become the expert advocate for your child. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please be sure to subscribe, review, and share it on social media. You can download my free guide, Five Things I Wish I Knew Raising My Son with Autism, by going to my website, bmvlifecoach.com.